Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. You honor us by finding us and listening in. We pray this sermon stirs up your love for Jesus and grows you in your faith. But before we begin, we ask that you not let this podcast, or any podcast for that matter, replace the local church in your life. You need to be a member of a local congregation and under the shepherding of that flock's pastor. So please become part of a local church if you aren't currently. If you'd like more information about our church, please go to www.mountzionchula.org. Enjoy our podcast. Well, good evening. Open your Bible, if you would, from Acts chapter 4. And we're going to talk tonight about something that I think in this day and time that we live, with uh, this COVID stuff that's going around, with all the discouragement that everyone has to be facing because you can't go where you want to go. You can't eat where you want to eat. You can't be around folks that you would love to be around. And it's a very discouraging thing, isn't it? I mean, life has totally changed from what we all knew it was. And we, we look for answers, and we don't find them. Uh, politicians lie to us about it all. Doctors can't agree about any of it. The only thing they can really agree on is it's bad. And it's not really getting any better. It's bad. And so I thought tonight that uh, one of the things that might be good for us to do is to talk about encouragement. Something we all need. Something I'm sure we're all looking for and reaching out for. We're going to be looking at the book of Acts. And we're going to start off in Acts chapter 4. And then we'll be looking at some other scriptures there in the book of Acts. There's a story of a preacher who was leaving his church. He had announced his resignation and, and uh, they had planned to give him a, a good farewell service, a dinner, uh, you know, let it be a, a, a time where they, uh, they remained loving each other instead of like you hear preachers leave sometimes and they don't like them. I hope you still like me. But uh, you hear about that. And they're discouraged and the people are discouraged. And so they, they gave him a farewell dinner. And after the dinner was over with, he tried to encourage one of the founding members who looked very sad. And he said to her, don't be 
so sad. The next preacher you have will probably be better than me. And she replied back at him, that's what they said before you came, and it just seems to get worse and worse and worse. <laughs> that wasn't very encouraging, was it? <laughs> we all need encouragement. And this old life that we live in, we face challenging times that we're going through right now. We see the crowds that are down. We see the separation that we have to have during this time. I hope we all understand that. We realize that and we know that that it's dangerous. They don't have an answer for it. And we need to do something about it. And about the biggest thing we can do right now about all this that's going on around us is pray. Pray that they'll find a way to stop it. And you know, we can get vaccinations and we can feel safer. But when it's spread around the whole wide world, what about all those that interact that don't have vaccinations? It's dangerous. And it's something that in my lifetime, we've never seen anything like it. And so we do need encouragement. And I, I pray that that's what this message will do for you tonight, that it will encourage you. And I want us to look at one of the great encouragers in the Bible tonight. Acts chapter 4, verse 36, if you've got your Bible, look there, is the first time that we hear of this man. The church was young. It had just got its start there in Jerusalem. And all of the church was in one accord, and Scripture tells us that. So we know that they, you know, they all were in agreement about what was going on. The apostles were out preaching and they were out teaching, doing that every day. And, and the, the crowd saw more and more uh, believers coming forward and professing their faith and accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and calling on Him and accepting His forgiveness for their sins. Jesus had been their long-awaited Messiah. And they placed their faith in him. And they bought into it. And I'm glad you've bought into it. I'm glad we've all bought into it. Because it's real. He died. To forgive us of the sin that we have in our life. And he has changed us from that day forward. The disciples were excited. They were on fire for God. And in Acts chapter 4. Verse 36, Joseph a Levite, a Cypriot, 
by birth, the one the apostles called Barnabas, which is translated son of encouragement, sold a field he owned, brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. He committed himself to what the apostles had been preaching and had been teaching to all they came in contact with about who Jesus was. What Jesus came to this earth to do. And what he succeeded in doing when he died on that cross. And Joseph was nicknamed Barnabas. That means son of encouragement. He was one of those that was from the tribe of Levi. And really as we read that scripture there, that's the first time we, we, we see anything about him. But he no longer used that name Joseph anymore. He was Barnabas. The apostles gave him that nickname because they saw what an encourager he was, and that nickname means son of encouragement. Nicknames can be good or they can be bad. I remember the first time that I met Carvis. Carvis, that's you. His daddy said, this is Coochie. And I thought to myself, I can't call him that name. And if I ever called you that name, <laughs> no, I hadn't. I called him Carvis. <laughs> But that was his nickname of growing up, and all of you know him as that. And if I say Coochie, you know who I'm talking about. That was Joseph, who's now Barnabas. His name has changed. He was a character of encouragement. And he performed that encouragement so well that people actually changed his name to that of an encourager. And as you look through the New Testament, you find that everywhere Barnabas went, Barnabas encouraged folks. In Acts chapter 11, verses 22 and 24, through 24, it says, When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessings, he was filled with joy. And he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Now understand that the church had started expanding they had started to reach out to the Gentiles and, and uh, uh, those that, that uh, would listen, those that would respond, and they were seeing people saved 
all the time. And, 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 and so what they said is we need someone to do a better job than what we're doing right now. And there was Barnabas on the scene. And so they sent him out as the encourager to lead those folks that had come out of that Jewish society into a relationship with the Lord. And you know, that had to be tough there in Jerusalem, in Israel, for those who had come out of that society knowing that from birth they were Jewish. That they were to remain Jewish. And then for them to come and make that decision. You know, what the apostles have been telling us, what they brought to our ears has literally touched our hearts and it's changed our lives and we no longer see the world through that one system view. We see the world that is needing and wanting and receiving the true Son of God who went to that cross and paid the price for our sins, a sin that every one of us had that nobody could afford to pay for themselves. And Jesus did it. And Barnabas encouraged them to quit looking at the past but start looking at a new life that awaited each and every one of them. In Acts 11, 22 through 24, it says, When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived he saw the, and saw the evidence of God's blessings, he was filled with joy and encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. And you see what happened, the church was beginning to expand. They were beginning to reach out. They were doing that thing that us Baptists have a hard time getting ourselves to do, and that's witness. And talk to people about their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we'll, we'll see folks at church, and we just assume because you're at church that you're saved, that you're a believer, that you trust the Lord. I went to church from the time I was six, seven years old, best I can remember, to a Methodist church there in Moultrie. I thought everything was fine with my life. I uh, was baptized there in that Methodist church. 
Ayo. Found Dorothy, fell in love with her. We got married. She was brought up in the Baptist church, Pine Forest. We went to church there. I was baptized in the pond across the road from the church. Because, you know, Baptists don't take Methodist, you know. But uh, I was baptized. I thought, well, I, I, I guess I've done everything I need to do. I led singing in the church. But there was a fellow in that church that loved people. And he was my Barnabas. His name was Randall Glover. He was an electrician over there in Sylvester. He lived out there at Sumner, Pine Forest. He took me under his wing. He loved me. He carried me around to places to hear different preachers on these special occasions where they might be preaching a revival. And I shocked my wife Dexter Wilson, my preacher. When I and I was leading singing in church, I was saying, "Standing on the promises, stand up. You can't sit down and sing that song." And I got hit by the Holy Spirit. And I walked over to Brother Dexter. And I won't ever forget what he said. Tears were coming down my eyes. He said, what do you want? And that was my Christian birthday. Because I wanted Jesus to come into my heart. And what happened was there was a fellow by the name of Randall who loved me, who carried me around with him, a church that loved me, a wife that loved me, a family that loved me, and I was still walking the wrong way and what I needed all those years I was getting but was refusing to accept. And that was encouragement. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened in Acts 11, 22, and 24, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the evidence of God's blessing. And he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. That's the trail that always happens when you get saved.
That's the trail that always follows when you begin to serve. It never changes. It's the way the Lord planned it and wanted it for you and me to be that avenue, that tunnel that would lead people to Jesus. And Barnabas was a man full of faith. He was known as a good man. He had the Holy Spirit in him, and the church was expanding and starting to, to grow like never before. And even when the great Apostle Paul was angry with John Mark and didn't want him to be a part of the ministry team that he was forming to, to go out, Barnabas chose to stay and encourage Mark. Acts 15, verse 36, says, After some time he had passed, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers in every town where we have preached the message of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul did not think it appropriate to take along this man who had deserted them in Pamphylia, and had not gone on with them to the work. There was such a sharp disagreement that they parted company, and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed off to Cyprus. That's the story of how each and every one of us are to be once we get saved our life changes and we're different the church back then was just getting started they were reaching out to the Gentiles and when the church at Jerusalem heard about all this had taken place They needed someone to walk alongside them. And so the apostles decided they'd send somebody that could walk where their steps had been. Someone that could lead them. And so they sent someone to encourage them, Barnabas. They wanted to change the situation that was there. Paul was avenue of that change, but it took a while for Paul to learn just exactly what God was up to, what Jesus was doing, and how the Holy Spirit was touching lives You have to remember that Paul came out of a situation where everything was down pat, written in a book for him to follow. 
how to act, how to minister. Ministry isn't what it was 30 years ago. You got to do it different. It's changing, and guess what? It ain't done changing. It's going to keep on changing. And so how we respond makes all the difference in the world. Paul didn't want Mark with him because he saw him as a quitter. This episode happened around 50, 52 A.D., and the Gospel of Mark was written somewhere around 64 A.D., according to most biblical scholars. Something happened in those 12 to 14 years to bring John Mark from a young man that wasn't committed to one that wrote boldly about the life and the purpose of Christ. I don't know all that happened that Barnabas had something to do with it, though. He didn't abandon Mark. He encouraged him. He spent time with him. And all of us should want that nickname to be ours. I encourage you to be a Barnabas. And encourage her to those around you. And whenever we encourage each other, we walk beside them. That means we share their life. We, uh, we go through what they're going through. And as we do that, we pray for them. We support them. And we strengthen them. And we do what we can do to tear down those walls of barriers. So I want us to look right now as we close out at just how we can become encouragers. First thing we need to realize in order to be an encourager is that encouragement is something that must be spoken. It doesn't do any good for us to think good thoughts about a person. We need to communicate with that person and encourage them. It can be face-to-face. -face, it can be a telephone call. And if you got to, you can send a text. Acts 13, 15 says, After the usual reading from the book of Moses and prophets, those in charge of the service sent them a message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement... For the people, come and give it to us. Paul and Barnabas had just arrived there in Antioch. And they'd gone to the synagogue for Sabbath worship like they always did. And what would happen in those services was the reading of part of what we call the Old Testament. And after they did, the people would stand and somebody would speak. And it's amazing that they looked at Barnabas and Paul and said, Brothers, if you've got any word, come and share it with us. And we all look for those words of encouragement, words that will build us up, words that will help us in time of trouble and despair. 
words that will help us stay the course, get us through those difficult times. But we need to realize while we speak, while we need to speak words of encouragement, it's easy to speak words of discouragement. It's easy to put someone down and walk away. Scripture warns us about that repeatedly. In James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2, we see the brother of Jesus write, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Can I get amen on that? Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever he wants to, whether we, wherever we want to by means of a small bit in his mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. You see, the words that we choose to use are important. We need to think before we speak. My mother used to tell me that if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. Ann Landers once said, the trouble with talking too fast is you may say something you hadn't thought of yet. That's true, too. Ephesians 4.29, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. How many of you heard of foot and mouth, the hoof and mouth disease? That's really the foot and the mouth disease for humans. We've got to be careful with the words that we say. Make sure they're not words of discouragement, but always words of encouragement. Our society today has a new phenomenon that wasn't present in Jesus' day. We have social networking, Twitter, Facebook, and other sites. And if you're technolo technologically damaged, I guess, best way to say it, you're like me, you don't use them. I got on Facebook one time and I got the craziest things people would come and, you know, it was like they were sitting at home and they didn't have anything to do. And they'd send me a text. What you doing? You know? Asking crazy questions. You can't find my name on Facebook no more. You can delete it and get rid of it and do it the old-fashioned way. Call somebody on the telephone or better than that, go look them eye in the eye, heart to heart and be a friend, be an encourager. 
We encourage with our words. We encourage with our actions. And we need to give a pat on the back for all those around us. In Acts 9, beginning in verse 26, Paul's, it says this, When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Now at this time, Paul was going by the name of Saul. He'd been saved on the Damascus road and he answered God's call to preach and teach other people. And trouble was, he was known as a persecutor of Christians for all the things he'd done in his past, not known as a follower of Jesus. The Christians in Jerusalem were scared to death of him. They thought he might be trying to trick them. I get those cards sometimes from each of you. Might be having a bad week, need a little encouragement. I go to the mailbox and I get that card out. It's no special occasion. It's just a word of encouragement. A card with a pretty front, with nice words already printed on the card. And someone says at the very end in their own handwriting, I was just thinking of you. What an encouragement that is. Hopefully, we'll realize how good it is to us. We'll do it for others. They don't need just our encouragement. People need our prayers. That's an act of encouragement for anyone. And we think about you know, if we were to have a testimony tonight and I asked Sydney to stand up and give us a testimony about a hard time he had in his life and what God had led him through and where he was at now, you'd be able to do that too, wouldn't you? Leslie would be able to do it. Betty would be able to do it. I could name every one of you, and you'd be able to do it. Because Jesus walks with you, talks with you, leads and guides you. I know it's a bad thing, doesn't sound right to say, Aren't you glad Jesus died on the cross for you? Those words together, out of context, sound crude. But when you put them into context, and what Jesus has done, because of that cross, because of what he's done, you and I have a future. You and I have comfort today 
because he's walking along beside us. You and I, even though we've lost loved ones, we're going to see them again. You and I. Because we trusted Jesus. He's given us access. And that's something no one should pass up. That everyone should rejoice in. Father, thank you for being with us in difficult times. Thank you for helping us through those times that pull us down. And thank you for what we learn as we go through those times. Thank you that they draw us closer to you. That we know we have a companion who loves us so much that he gave his all that we might be saved, that we might not only have eternity promised, but guaranteed. The Lord be with us tonight as we go out of this building. Use us during this coming week to be an encourager to those around us. To have kind words that will inspire and let folks see what the love of Jesus does when it changes a person. Thank you now, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.